Welcome to Let Me Tell You About Evangelion. I'm Ashley. Oh, I'm Luke. I'm, Hi. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I just, for some reason, like to have like a little like break, I guess. Sure. And, but I don't do it regularly enough to like <laughs> have it be a thing. Right. I just, it's, it, I love that we're here to tell people about Evangelion. Yeah. We were talking with uh, Molly last night. Yeah. When we record Till Your Prize. And she was saying how we should just rename our podcast. Like, we should just spin this off to an anime rewatch podcast. See, the problem with that, though, is what if we want to do something that's not anime? Yeah, what if we want to do other stuff in our Evangelion feed? I mean, why not? Listen, I've been saying for years that you need to watch The Prisoner. What if that's where we go next? Yeah, I feel like that's big enough to, like, have its own podcast. You're not wrong, but counterpoint, it'd be very funny to talk about The Prisoner on an Evangelion podcast. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing, Ashley? I'm doing okay. I was playing some games earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How you doing, Luke? Not too bad. I watched, uh, instead of playing games, I watched the TV show we were supposed to watch for this episode. Weird that you didn't, I guess. I did, though. Oh, okay, well, maybe you should have said that. I assumed that it would be assumed. (laughs) And clearly, there are just two asses here. Clearly. That's what apparent from episode one. Yeah, true. We watched more Fooly Cooly. We did. FLCL. Yes. And we were kind of hit, we were talking about it a bit before we started recording, but... Yeah. Who boy. Huh. Hmm. 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 I, okay, so when I saw Fully Cooly as a teenager... Yeah. I definitely thought that the second half, the second three episodes, was the stronger half. Absolutely, yes. I don't know if I think that anymore. I also don't know if I think that anymore. <laughs> Which is weird how that goes. Yeah, I mm, I said last time, episode two, like, that was my favorite of those three, and I'd have to see how I liked these three, but it might be my new favorite. I think episode two is my favorite episode of this show now. Yeah, and I think that episode four, which used to be my favorite, yeah. might be my least favorite. Oh, uh, that's interesting. I still like episode four. I think I understand where you're coming from, and we'll get into it. Yes. I think episode four was probably my favorite of these three. Um, because I I have some guesses about why you didn't like it, but I feel like it was doing something with that stuff more than the other ones were, even if the others didn't go as hard in that direction. I, I guess this is, and we, this will be something that we'll obviously get into more. Yeah. I feel like four is, in some ways, like a better 
experience. Like, the, I love all of the experimentation in 4 a yeah. lot more. Uh-huh. And, like, from a filmmaking point of view, I think 4 is the best of these three. Right. Over, like, but, like, as a viewing experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I liked... Uh, five better, actually. That's interesting. Five was my least favorite of these ones. All right, all right. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why we're talking around it so much. This show gets real fucky, huh? Yeah, this show gets really fucky like, in like ways I'm not okay with. <laughs> it starts off pretty fucky. And, uh, yeah, it just ramps up. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of, lot of stuff about characters having sexual feelings towards one another that are not age appropriate no it and like yeah we should just maybe do we want to just dive in here you finish your thought and then we'll get into it well okay to some extent in the one direction of like the kids lusting after adults like you know sure that happens that's a thing that happened we talked about it with evangelion it's a very weird thing to like yeah because it's a real thing that is i feel like every kid experiences like lusting after like the babysitter or the teacher or whatever sure right that's yeah it's i don't know if fiction should go fully as more far as this one does right well because the other part of the, the second half of it that this show dares to do <laughs> is having adults lusting after kids. Yes. In a way that, mm, 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 There's a mm. lot of that in this fourth episode. Nuh-uh. No good. Don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> it's not great. No, no, no. Like, in the most explicit parts of when Masato lusted after Shinji, and lust is even a strong word for that. Yeah, I, I would definitely contest the use of that word. I, I'm just trying to, like, sure. bridge this gap. It was seen as a bad thing. Right. When Anno sexually abused Ray, it was seen as a bad thing. Wait, when Anno? Oh. I mean... Well, <laughs> when Gendo. Yeah. When Gendo sexually abused Ray, sure. it was seen as a bad thing. Right. Yeah, um... Th- this... This wants to feel like that it is a in some ways a romance. Haruko is just a pedophile. Yes. In a way that mm, definitely really didn't pick up on that as a child. And in a way that is not really commented upon in the fiction. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, it is. But all the commentary comes from a character that you're not supposed to trust or like. That's true. That's true. <laughs> It's like in Iron Man 2 when the guy that you're supposed to, who's like, hey, I don't think that Iron Man should, like, privatize world peace. Yeah. It's a Nazi. Right. Great Iron Man 2 poll. Listen. <laughs> I was, I'd, re- I'd, like, a few months ago, re-listened to all of MCU, and I was like, yeah, they did. that was a weird thing they did. I, I deeply appreciate that you like that MCU podcast I do so much. I'm just saying I don't know if the average person can pull the plot synopsis of Iron Man 2 from their memory all that readily. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think that anyone is really big into the MCU. <laughs> I don't I don't even think <laughs> MCU fans are big into Iron Man 2. 
That's that's also true. Yeah. <laughs> they should be for Justin Hammer. Justin Hammer is amazing. What if Justin Hammer was uh, the weird eyebrow guy in oh, this? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, if he just walked into that bakery and was like, Hey, kid, you want some ice cream? I imported it authentically from Los Angeles. It's real Italian ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I brought this spicy... Uh, Fish egg from Hawaii. We are so far off track. <laughs> All right, let's get to episode four. Let's talk about episode four. What's this uh, one? Full, full, swing? Swing. full swing. Yeah. Or furry kitty. Yeah, I think is that the joke of it that every episode is like basically just fully coolie. Not exactly. I guess Marquis de Carabas isn't. And also Brita Bullet. Yeah, but, like, on the title card, it almost looks like it's written, like, it's written out on the title card, and it looks similar to Fully Cooley. Yeah, that may be a conti so, joke that I am yeah, not yeah, I'm wondering if that's, enough to get. If the idea is that basically every episode is just Fully Cooley, either, like, in sound, like, either, like, a homophone or a homonym. Yeah, and there might be some translation of Marquise de Car- uh, right. Carabas that makes it Fully Cooley. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, but we open up on baseball. We do open up on baseball, yeah. Uh, Haruko is just knocking one right out of the park. Uh, and her, she apparently works for the Pillows team. Oh, I missed their team name. Great. Well, no, it's just uh, they have the Pillows. Uh, her, like, number is the Pillows P. Oh, is it? That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they're cats. Gotcha. Because uh, they're catty. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of forgot about this, like, quick little sight gag with these baseball players. Yeah. And the, yeah, hmm. <laughs> Another weird, like, oh, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, huh, just had to just slip in a quick couple frames of homophobia in here, I guess. Yeah. <sighs> All these characters with, like, lipstick and very full lips, but with, like, very obvious stubble. Right, and then... In the dub, anyway, like, voiced with a very lispy voice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird joke. Starting, getting off to a great start. Yeah, no, I, I started watching this today, I'm like, hmm. You know, I, hmm, I did just get done saying this was probably my favorite of these episodes. I did forget <laughs> about this one shot near the beginning. I mean, listen, I can't, listen. I yeah. like a lot of things that have no sure jokes that are bad. Right. But yeah, so they're playing like it's just like their local like baseball teams. Uh and Haruko is just completely destroying uh Nauta's team, which is coached by his grandpa. Yeah, Hara Haruka's their like ringer. Right. Yeah, we see that they've like paid her to join this team. Yeah. Um and she is going against the grandpa's team, which right. are like the Martians. Yeah, they're the Martians because they're supposed to like explode with the power of Mount Vesuvius. Yeah. Uh, but they are just getting their asses kicked. We kind of get the sense that Tosku used to be their ringer, and now he's not here. He's in America doing uh, baseball there, and right. they, so they like, oh, we'll bring in his little brother and. Nauta just won't swing the bat. Right, he just goes up to bat and just freezes there, inning after inning, and then eventually Haruko just beans him. 
Yeah, and so he's got like a huge bandage covering most of his head. Yeah. So I mean, he got on first at least. Yeah. Probably didn't run. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so he just kind of walks away. Oh, all right, they're they're grumbling about it, and they see that Conti, who's cleaning up baseballs in the field, is like getting them in the basket from like way out in the outfield. And they're like, "Wait a second, hold on, what if we got a robot on our team?" Yeah, there's no rule saying a robot can't <laughs> there's play. Nothing in the rule book that says robots can't play baseball. And so they're like, yeah, this rules. Now we don't need this dumbass kid. They don't say that, but right, but you know, now yeah. It's a- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Condi's like jumping 50 feet in the air to grab like home runs out of the sky. Yeah. Uh and yeah, now she just kind of wanders off and walks into Haruko who is just like lecturing him about how he's got to swing the bat. Yeah, and posing provocatively. Yes, very much so. Uh, and it looks like she's, like, gonna hit him with the guitar like she's done in the past. He kind of, like, you know, shrinks away from her, but then she just puts it on her back and walks away. And he's yeah. kind of he seems disappointed that she's ignoring him. Yeah. Because that's kind of this whole episode is, like, why right. won't this lady pay attention to me? Right, yeah. Why all of a sudden has she just stopped uh, making inappropriate advances on me? We get, a, like, the also kind of ongoing symbolism in this episode is yeah. the, uh, what's that called again? Like, Those, a, like an electric meter. Yeah, the electric meter, and it's just continually going until it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, constantly going and going and going, which is kind of the first hint at the robot shit that's going on. Yeah. Uh, because Nauta comes home, and... Haruka is like we get into the weird sexual energy we were talking about already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Haruka is like laid out on the ground, just like twitching and squirming, while his dad like massages her with his chin. Yes, and there's just like a really gratuitous ass shot. Gratuitous and like very thoroughly animated. Yeah. Like, they were looking at a lot of reference material to get that shot right. Yeah. And she is making, you know, vocal inflections of, like, that it's supposed to sound like they're having sex. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she makes a crack about, like, oh, electric massages are great. Uh, Because she's basically just masturbating with this robot she built of his dad. Which is weird. (laughs) It's very weird. You just see a shot of, like, there's a like, power cord going from his butt to, like, a uh, yeah. outlet. We're like, if you're really paying attention, it's like, wait, why is this a robot, man? Yeah, it's, like, very obvious that he's a robot, man, even right. before, like, the reveal. But as a kid, I remember being v- very confused watching this episode. And then we see him start massaging, death, like, between her legs. Yeah. And she, like, pulls a kind of cartoony face with that. Right. And then they, like, Lady in the Tramp some from Fried Eggs... Which is just gross. The gooeyest food to do that with. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. And then he starts saying, like, oh, but I was the one you saw first. Right. And he, like, storms off. Uh, He goes outside and just, like, beats up the vending machine with his bat. Yeah. To work out his frustration. And we meet a new friend. Yeah, this is uh, Amaro. Yeah. Who treats Nauta as, like, an equal, 
But that's not yeah. to show that, like, oh, now it's getting more mature. It's to go that, hey, this dude's super childish. Right. This guy pulls up on a less cool scooter than Harakos. Yeah. With these big, ridiculous, bushy eyebrows that, like, they're not, like, colored in. Like, the texture on them is, like, if I remember, like, scanned seaweed in and then, like, yes. use that for the texture. They're just, yeah, like, they're, gargantuan. They're, uh, nori. Yeah, like yeah, Like, seaweed, yeah. Um, and he comes in and he starts asking questions about Haruko while also asking about this new spicy bread they've got at his bakery. Yeah. And he's, like, very, like, he's, like, a men in black type guy. Yes, and he's like going like, "Oh, you don't like the spicy bread?" Well, you know, like he's acting like he loves it. Right, right. He's like, "No, but isn't it true that if you keep eating the spicy bread and fight through the pain, then you become addicted to it?" Now, just like I don't. Man. Why are you you're being weird about bread, my <laughs> man? And the guy's just like, "Ah, you're playing it close to the chest. I get it. I see. That's very smart of you." Yeah, and he's like, "What? You're just a weirdo." And he's like. Oblique referring to, like, Haruka. Right. Saying, like, hey, don't get too close to her. She's nothing but trouble. You, yeah. You, you're a good, smart kid with a good head on your shoulders. Stay away from her. So, yeah. well, she lives in my house, and so, she's, like... I guess fucking my dad now, so. Yeah. Just fucking my dad in the middle of the living room. I don't know how I'm supposed to stay away from her. Like, as he's saying that, you can hear... Yeah. ...their noise, like, the, more sex noises from inside. Yeah, yeah. Uh... But yeah, so he buys some spicy bread and leaves, and it's like nighttime by now, and... Oh, right, no, no, Natsuko is to talk to Mamimi for a while. Yeah. Because, yeah. He's still acting shade to her. Yeah, yes he is. But but also she's like, I want to leave my mark again, which is still weird. Yeah, she like tackles him and makes out with him. Still weird. Uh, uh, then we get one of the weirder scenes of this episode. Yeah, when saying that. this bit's weird. I like. I like this. Yeah, like this is good in like how it like makes no fucking sense. Sure, I mean it kind it it, like, does, it does, but like but not like, in literal terms. Yeah, yeah, like in what is physically happening on screen. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like they're talking out, like Haruko and Naoto are talking outside of the bakery, and they're kind of they can't see each other's faces because of like a big banner in the way, which like Naoto like specifically moves behind so he doesn't have to look at her. Right, uh, and she's offering to like give him like batting practice, like go coach him uh, so he can learn to bat. And every shot is just another weird thing where like you don't see Haruko's face, but you see her drop his dad's severed head in front of her. And then, or, like, like yeah, go you ahead. see a shot over of Nauta, like, over his shoulder, like, Mamimi's, like, eyes, like, right above, like, behind him. Right, and then, like, he cuts back, and Haruko is cradling Nauta's severed head. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's like, just, like, yeah. And then, like, she's on him, and then, like, they're apart again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's cool and it's weird. I like it. Yeah. It's good. Uh, and then... They uh, start practicing uh, batting. Right. And she kind of like glomps onto him and like he's showing him like, oh, like whispering in his ear how to bat right. And it's a very like romanticized thing where it's like, yeah. Oh, you know, like the batter, like right before he makes contact, sees the arc of the ball in his heart. <laughs> yeah. 
and like she points his bat up at like a star in the sky, and she's like, "There, you, you should aim the ball at that star." And he goes like, "Well, that's that star is kind of flickery. Is that is that a star?" And then we cut to the like unnamed government location. We get some like it's very reminiscent of the nerve command center stuff, which I like. Yeah, yeah. Like the walls are just covered in like staticky monitors that are slowly like filling in with information on what they're talking about. Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's the immigration department. Yeah, which is definitely more in the Men in Black like term of immigration. <laughs> right. Uh, and we introduce to another character. Right, uh, Kitsuru Bami. Yes. Who? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's there's hmm. a lot going on with her. There is. There is. <laughs> but uh right now there's not. Yeah. Uh Amaro has like dissected the cur- like the spicy bread. Yeah, he's just got it pulled open with a bunch of surgical tools. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and she is kind of reporting on this satellite that is malfunctioning, and you kind of get some blurry shots that show that it's been dented up with baseballs, with the implication being that Haruko hitting all those home runs earlier was supposed to be damaging this satellite. That made it fall to Earth. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, hey, Amaro's like, hey, you should get rid of this. I don't like spicy breads. Right. And she just kind of turns to the camera and is like, hey, what the fuck's up with these eyebrows? Yeah. Uh, And then it cuts back to Nauta's house, and he's, like, trying to sleep, but he hears more sex noises. Well, no, he's trying to find out where Haruka, Haro, Oh, is is. he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he starts walking around, and then starts hearing the sex noises. Right. And he hears, there's, like, a red light coming from his dad's bedroom. And he just, like... You're getting very explicit language about, like, Haruko's talking about how, oh, I'm gonna stick it in. Oh, well, it won't stay up. What's, hmm, ah. Like, oh, there's, like, a, f- you know, something over it. Yeah. And it, if you know what's happening, it's, like, the robot stuff's going on. Right. It, what's happening is the robot is, like, malfunctioning, and she's trying to repair it. But it's obviously supposed to come off like she's having sex. Yes. And, uh, like, they... You get another, like, as he's, like, looking through, he sees, like, a shot of her ass again. (laughs) Yeah. I do, like, like, you only see, like, the dad's room. You get, like, a little glimpse of it through the crack of the door. And it's just a shelf covered in Gumpla. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, him and Haruko make eye contact, and he freaks out, and his head starts, like, glowing red. Yeah, and he is the beacon of which the thing is coming down at. Yeah, the thing coming out of his head this time is, yeah, just a, a signal that's attracting the satellite. And I think, so, the whole, like, bigger, like, world-building stuff in this show is very, like, off to the side. Yeah. But I think the idea is supposed to be that, like, Medical Mechanica are aliens, and they've come to Earth, mm-hmm. and they have, like... Some kind of uneasy alliance with whatever this Earth, like, whatever Amaral's organization is that's, like, protecting the Earth. And that satellite is supposed to be, like, a contingency plan that if they do something aggressive, they can drop this satellite on them. Yeah. 
And Haruko is, like, forcing it to drop early to, like, ratchet up the tension between them. Yes. Uh, so we cut to... And, like, why she's doing that, it's gonna be explained later. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, by, like, episode six, you sort of get the idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... Uh, Nauta is back down the river with the Mimi. And uh, Haruka, like, comes along and she's like... Hey, the baseball game's starting soon, so we need to go. And he's like, yeah, no, I don't play baseball. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and Haruko just accuses them of doing perverted stuff. Uh, and they squabble a little, and Haruko eventually just says that Conti is playing in this game, which gets Mamimi excited, and she jumps up to run off and watch the game. And uh, Nauta just takes her panties. Yeah, they just think it's a really funny visual joke when a woman's underwear comes off. And she just... The implication that she just doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wish they stopped doing that. Yeah. Especially it's, when they're underage. Uh-huh, yep. You said she's, what, 16, 17? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. No good. Stop it. Knock it off. Anyway, your favorite episode. <laughs> yeah, because the other two are so much better in this regard. Yeah, I know, listen. <laughs> uh. Uh, so instead of going to the baseball game, Nauta goes home. You get more shots of the, the electricity meter going. And we get another really cool sequence. Because it's like, you see Nauta walking in, and then you see like a bunch of flashes of like the living room wrecked, and he's standing over his dad, who's dead. Yeah. When, like... He's got a bloody baseball bat in his hand. It's like half black and white, half like like some colors are popping out. Yeah. And like those flash forwards are intercut with what's happening where like he sees his dad and his dad's like showing off the hickey Haruko gave him. <laughs> He's like walking out and like now to seeing his dad like transform into Haruko. Transform isn't even the right term. No, he says mouth to mouth. And then as he's saying mouth is like jaw, like, disconnects like a snake, and Haruko's head comes out of his mouth. Yeah. And she says mouse, because she's got mouse ears, and then it cuts to a sequence of, uh, the cat, like, murdering her. Uh, but she still just has the mouth. She still just, yeah, she just has the mouth, she's, like, mouse-sized, you see the cat's giant testicles, which I had never noticed before. Yeah. And there's, like, a lot more clips of, like, oh, you're the one I saw first. Yeah. And, uh, like, the, his dad, like, is walking towards him, and, like, it's like his voice is glitching out while he's talking, and Nauta, like, gets angry and swings his bat at the TV, which knocks the clock off of it and beans his dad in the head and knocks him over, and there's blood everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And then you see the, like, meter outside just stop. Yeah, because the thing that's using up all of the electricity is done. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't really his dad. No. And yeah, uh, Harko just uh, hits Conti with a baseball at the game. Uh, like, overall, I think that's a good sequence. I like that sequence. It doesn't work as well for me as some of the sequences in the like first part. Sure. Definitely doesn't like as much as like the sequence of the second one, which it's yeah. not. There's nothing similar to them except it uses the same music. Right, right. 
the uh, the animation in this one is weird. Yeah, like the the color palette is darker. The faces I don't know how to describe how the faces look different, but they're more like detailed. Yeah, it's like slightly less cartoony in a way that makes everything a little uneasy. I definitely remember as a kid, one of the reasons why I liked this, I was like, oh, it's weird, like the rest of the series, but it's dark weird. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, so uninteresting to me now. <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, like, the uh, Amaral's organization is, like, trying to evacuate the city, and you see him, like, interrogating Nauta about how he attacked his dad with a baseball bat. And, like, it's being framed of, like, oh, this is a murder investigation. Right. Very much so. Yeah. And, uh, he's just like, oh, hey, why'd you hit your dad with a bat? That had to have hurt. Gosh. He's like, and now he's just denying that he did anything wrong. Alright, like, offers him a cup of coffee. And he's like, you like sweet drinks, right? And uh, it's, like, just keeps plucking he puts like sugar in it. He puts ten sugar cubes into this cup of coffee. It's, like, disgusting. Yeah. And he just keeps trying to, like, talk him through, like, listen, you were just jealous of your dad because he was having sex with the woman you're in love with. You shouldn't be in love with her, though. She's big trouble. I'm a government man. I don't know why I'm doing that voice. Why are you doing the Mandarin? (laughs) Why do you keep doing Iron Man references? Why do you? <laughs> God. Anyway, yeah, Nauta loses his temper and, like, stands up really abruptly, which knocks the coffee over, and you see it's it's just a cup of wet sugar at this point. Yeah, but he is basically giving the... What is the normal thing, which is, you probably shouldn't be with this girl, but, like, not even because I, no, not even normal, because it's not even the, you shouldn't be with this girl because she's, like, an adult. Right. It's, you should be with this girl because she's trouble. Yeah. Well, and you maybe, eh, it's hard, I don't think you necessarily get this on a first watch, but rewatching it, you very much get the idea that, like, Amaral, used to date. Amaral has been in Nauta's exact position. Yes. Like, there is... A theoretical FLCL prequel where Amarau is just the Nauta character as a kid. Yeah. And he's like, listen, you do not understand how much she's fucking with you. My entire life has been ruined by this woman. You need to get away from her. Yeah. And Nauta, as always, just doesn't care. Yeah. But he's not even, like, that serious about the warning. Because he's like, if anything, he mostly just seems sympathetic. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you got a crush on her, right? Yeah. Totally, man. I get it. I get you. Yeah. Been there, buddy. I still do. Yeah. Uh, I think this is where he mentions Atomisk for the first time. He's like, yeah. Hey, by the way, has she talked about Atomisk at all? If she has, don't worry about it. Don't tell anyone. Which is great, because she never has. No, she has not brought up... She mentioned that she was a space police, which he also mentioned. Yeah, the the Galactic Space Police Brotherhood, or whatever it's called. Yeah. I'll say, and it's always true, but the animation on, like, the town in this episode is amazing. Oh, it's so good. Uh, now to gets, like, let go to go home and sees that what he killed was just a robot. And then the sequence starts that I 
just was baffled by as a kid and don't understand much better now. Which is that he opens up a, like, thing where part of the, uh, like, cord is going and he sees, like, a bunch of bugs in his dad's corpse. Just his dad's dried out corpse. And he, like, panics and runs to the bathroom. Well, like, a roach goes on him, and it's, like, a photorealistic, like, just a photo of a roach animated. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, he freaks out, and I like the weird animation here. Yeah. Where it's, like, super frenetic. Like, you could start to see where, like, oh, these are the people who will go on to make, like, painting and stalking. Sure, definitely. But uh, yeah, he he throws his dad in the bathtub and turns the water on, and that brings him back to life. Yeah, and just some real part, hydrated Ganon shit. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like also like doing more of that stuff with like color schemes and stuff. Yeah, what kind of ruins that sequence for me? Uh huh. Is what it intercuts with. So it's intercutting with Mamimi and Conti. Uh, and she's doing her usual shit. <laughs> well, so she... I, I forget why she brought it up in the first place, but she's she was talking about, like, Nostradamus predicting that, like, the world would end earlier. Yeah. And now she is, like, basically praying to the satellite to make the world end. Yes, because, like, she just thinks it would be a cool thing to happen. Well, like, okay. We'll get to the animation of this in a second. But, like, the content of it was very like it's really sad because she's just very excited that everybody's gonna die including her we we were talking about this beforehand last night yeah that we were like oh what if is like is what our take is going to be is would it like oh mamimi is just actually the secret main character of this Right, because she obviously Nauta is like the point of view character, but Mamimi kinda has a more complete character arc. Kinda. Kind, well, yeah, we'll get to it. But it does not focus on her in the way I wanted to. I agree. I was and disappointed by how little Mamimi there is in these last couple episodes. Yes, and in the way I almost kind of remembered. Yeah. Because what's there is good when the camera is not just jamming the lens into her ass. Like, yeah, it, it is placing her as this, like, very depressed, very bullied yeah. person who has no friends. And the only friend she has is this kid who she, which, again, not good. No. Somewhat sexually, she, no, she sexually abuses. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Like, he's not really mature enough for what she's doing with him. And when he starts... To show signs of maturing, she loses interest in him. Yes. Like, she is not a good person. No. But I think she's a very interesting character. I think she's not a good person. I think she's, for the most part, a pretty sympathetic person, though. Yeah, that's a good way to put in, it. In the sense that, like, I understand where the motivation for all of these bad things, are, like, come from. And, yeah, but... Yeah, so, like, she's up on a radio tower with Conti, and, like, the wind is whipping her clothes around, and you do get just lots and lots of shots of her panties. Yeah, and you also get, like, just a close-up shot of her chest. Yeah. Which, I think that's more to show off her shirt, but, like, in context, it's, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, like the when, shirt. when all the other shots are so sexualized, like yeah, yeah, you'd be forgiven for assuming that one is too. And also, like it's right after the panty shot, and it's just a red star. Oh sure. Which I guess you could say, like, oh, it's like Nauta's thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily think it's supposed to be like, wow, this shirt. It's just a, more that like. It's like a shot of her opening up her, like, jacket to show her shirt, you know? Yeah. It is not, like, jiggling breasts, but it is right. still yeah. weird. It is. Yeah, so Nauta has brought his dad back to life. He's hydrated Ganon. Mm-hmm. And uh, his dad's talking about how Haruko wanted to use his head, and he was like, yeah, you got it, whatever. Yeah, whatever we need. But uh didn't work. And that's intercut with Amuro finally explaining a little bit of what's going on in this show, where he, he explains there's a phenomenon called N.O., which is like a psychic power where, like, the the dissonance between the right and left sides of your brains opens up like a portal in space, and you can teleport things through it. And, but it doesn't work with anyone, and, like, it shows, like, a... Yeah. Sa- thing of uh, Naoto's dad is, like, no good over it. Right. Naoto's dad is just, like, pouring water over himself now. And then uh, Haruka comes in on her Vespa, destroying the robot dad. Yeah. And there's, like, a goofy bit for this whole scene where, like, one of the robot's feet is just on her head the whole scene. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she comes in and now to ask, like, hey, the fuck? Yeah. What's oh, wrong? Also, yeah, go ahead. In that bit of a flashback, Amuro, like, also says, like, uh, like that, oh, the, even if everyone, uh, evacuated, that bomb is too big to, <laughs> yeah, to matter. Yeah, it's, it's it just was- going to kill everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, Nauta says, like, hey, what the fuck is going on? Right. He asks her what she is, and she says that she is an illusion of his heart. She's he, she's a manifestation of all his adolescent, you know, sexual fantasies, which, like, she's just explaining the subtext of the show. Yeah. He's like, okay, but, like, for real, though. And he says, like, yeah, but, like, where do you get that line? Anime? Yeah. Uh, so they talk about the satellite, and, you know, Haruko hears that, you know, Amuro wants her to stop it. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I mean, it'll be expensive, but he's got it. And, uh, I think, yeah, they just go off to go deal with it. Uh, and so, yeah, they, like, are going through with their Vespa up to the, uh, like, height of the... Uh, medical Mechanica vi- building, which is the big iron. Yeah. Yeah, they go up on top of it, and Nauta is, like, sitting down, and Arco shoves the, like, shampoo shield thing over his head and jabs her head into his... Uh, jabs her hand into his head, and it's very bloody this time. Yeah. And they're talking a lot about it's, again, a lot of sexual language where he's like, whoa, don't touch me like that from behind. Uh, uh, and she's talking about how, wow, this is what boys feel like inside. And she starts to pull something long and wiggly out of him that yeah. uh, 
ultimately turns into like a flying V guitar. And he's like, oh yeah, no, you need to go slow, otherwise I'll pop. Like, otherwise it won't pop right. Right. And then it cuts back to like the command center and everyone who works there other than Amarau is a woman and they're all just, their faces are just smeared in blood from their horny bloody noses. Because <clears throat> they're really horny about the metaphorical sex that this adult just had with this child. Yeah, and how metaphorically big this little kid's penis is. Right, because, like, okay, if this story was about Haruko being a predator, which it is, yes, but if that's what it was going for, that would be some real dicey territory, but, like, you can tell that story, sure. There's way- maybe this isn't the right way to tell it, but, like, okay, but when you then factor in background characters who are also horny for the child, it really undercuts anything you're trying to do. Yeah, it, like, that's part of why these, like, this r- second half of this season really kind of yeah. sat badly with me is the end thing isn't that, oh, it's bad that you, that this happened. Right. That, like, that this girl was, like, sexually abusing you. Right. It's like, oh, someday we'll... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we'll get to episode six, but yeah, I'm not a fan of how that plot resolves. If I had to guess, like, what thing I think would have aged worse... Yeah. Like, between Evangelion and FLCL? Mm Mm-hmm. I probably would have said Evangelion... Yeah, and like, there's parts of Evangelion that have aged badly. Yes. But, but FLCL yeah. just comes off as very, and again, this is kind of skipping ahead. Yeah. Comes off as very, like, unsatisfying in a lot of ways. Yeah, th- there's ways in which I think the ending does work, but there's ways in which it definitely doesn't. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. <sighs> We've, yeah, again, we're, we're getting ahead. Yeah, we got, like, an episode and a quarter to get to before we really get to that stuff. Uh, so the satellite is breaking apart. Right, and, and it, like, it takes the shape of a hand throwing a baseball. Like, it's a giant glove. Yeah, which, for all the problems with this episode, and I'm liking it less the more we talk about it, but this whole sequence is fantastic. Oh, the, the, this, th- that is what I actually, like, one of my notes is... I said, I, my last note is, I feel this episode is the worst of the ones so far, but has a great climax. Yeah. And I think that's what, that really, like, puts forward, like, a really good thought. Right. Because, like, the animation is good. It's, like, a moment of now to, like, doing something. Right. It's kind of one of the only times he has does something, like, makes active decisions and does things to drive the plot. Yes. Even though it somewhat doesn't matter in the end. Sure, but I think the argument would be it matters just that he, you know, tried. He tried, yeah. yes. Because, yeah, the, the baseball's coming in. It's the size of a house. Yeah. Uh, it, it's literally like a nuke mm-hmm. um, that just looks like a baseball. And, and he has a, like, flying V guitar that yeah. he is about to, like, he is ready to swing, but he's like, ah! Yeah, but then the baseball's coming in. The the music swells, which the song is fantastic. It's yeah, crazy this sunshine is, by the pillows, which rules. 
it's such a great song, and they use it so well here. Yeah, he swings the bat. All the floodlights of the medical mechanica building go off all at once. It looks amazing. Um, and he manages to stop the bomb, but it's just frozen in the air instead of getting knocked back. Yeah. It also like he. Like, I've already yelled, but, like, he yells something, and a, like, symbol appears on both him and Conti's head. Yeah, and it is... So it's the symbol of Adamisk, which, if I remember right, is, like, a stylized version. It looks both like a character that would be in Tosku's name and, like, the word for adult. Hmm. And, yeah, that, like, flashes on his head, and he... Is like holding the bomb back, but can't do anything about it. The seams of it are starting to split, and like energy is pouring out of it. Uh, and then Haruko appears out of nowhere and like hits the ball with her guitar, also. Yeah. And together they drive it up into the sky. Yeah, and there is like all this destruction that is very reminiscent of Daikon Five. Uh huh. Which do you know what that is? Uh, I know that Haruko says it <laughs> next episode. Uh, so Daikon 5 was the... F- well, Daikon 4, I think, was technically the first Gynex animation. Okay. But by just then, they were like... I don't even think they were called Gynex. They were just like a collection of students. Sure. And then Daikon 5... And Daikon is a convention, like an anime convention in Japan. They went this big animation to, like, open up their convention. Mm-hmm. And so they went to this, like, a student thing. And Daikon 4 was fun. It, it, you know, showed all this anime stuff. And Daikon 5 was this, like, kind of continued the story for what it was. Uh-huh. It, but was beautifully animated, really spectacular, and had this woman in a bunny suit riding on a sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, around, like, all of these and fighting different, like, pop culture Things like everything from like Gundams and Voltron to like Darth Vader. I gotcha. And it's this beautiful animation thing, and like from the popularity of that, they would go on to make Gynex. I gotcha. Okay, cool. And so, like, Daikon is kind of an important thing in the history of that. Mm-hmm. And so it gets referenced a lot in Fully Cooly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they knock the ba- the baseball up into space. Uh, even just the act of knocking it away does a ton of damage to the city. Yeah. Like, you see, like, just earthquakes ripping through all the streets. Um, but, like, the sky goes from, like... Like, the sky turned to, like, this apocalyptic red when the ball was coming in, and it just, like, wipes away into a normal night sky. It's very cool looking. Yeah. Um, and Mamimi is extremely depressed that... Everybody's nope. not gonna die. Yeah, and that it, now to like showed some degree of assertiveness. Yeah, some degree of autonomy. Yeah, like as depressed as she was when she got shoved into the river before. Yeah, she looks destroyed. Uh, and then I think the last shot of the episode is just Amara's eyebrows falling off in front of Kitsurubami. Yeah, and she's like. <gasps> <gasps> And then, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I think the basic through line of that episode is good. But there are so many 
bad, like, side bits to it that really undercut it. Yeah, that are so unneeded and yeah. so... It's just... Yeah, I basically agree with you. It's just... It's a tough episode to watch in points. Yeah, because, like... The episode is very much about, like, Nauta's sexual frustration and him dealing with, like, feeling more and more sexual feelings as he's getting older. So, to some extent, a lot of the sex stuff in this one, I can be okay with. Like, the, the stuff with Haruko, I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, the whole thrust of this show is that he is lusting after this adult. But, like, then when you fill it in with stuff like Mamimi's panties flying off or all the uh, command center women like getting horny over a child having a boner it's yeah yeah it's it's rough yeah it's just and it's so weird to think about how like yeah like this was like obviously far away my favorite episode of like this entire show yeah and it's just it's got stuff there it's just like i said it's extremely hard to watch right like yeah the the moments where they get kind of weird with the the filmmaking are really cool the final sequence with the baseball is like some of the best stuff in the entire show yeah, like, that is probably, like, the best animation and ending of the entire show. Yeah, I feel like that whole sequence is probably, like, the scene people remember when they think about Fooly Cooly. Yes. Like, a kid hitting a giant baseball with a guitar. Like, that—that that is, like, a very good distillation of Fooly Cooly. Yeah. Actually, I think there's a better, better one later, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But the, the it's not going to get less fucky with this next episode. Yeah, listen. I'm sure that I might go through a similar thing where I'm like, mm, I don't actually like this episode. Yeah, so this next one is Brittle Bullet. And I'll say, I'll say right after that, the thing I like about this episode is the airsoft stuff. Yeah, okay, so... I um, like how yeah. it's animated and how it... Yes. The airsoft stuff is very good, I will say, as a kid watching this. I knew about, like, paintball. I did not know about airsoft guns. And this episode was extremely confusing to me. That's fair. I was very into airsoft as a kid. Of course you were. <laughs> That's one of I the f- least surprising things I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, it opens with uh, Nauta and Haruka with, like, airsoft Uzis in a field of tall grass, like, whispering about enemies that are around them. Mm-hmm. We don't know and, their airsoft doozies right now, I guess. Yeah, and then, like, they've got, like, plastic goggles on. Yeah. Uh, and then it cuts to Nauta and his grandpa watching a, what it said to be a John Woo film. <laughs> right, because it's just a shot of a guy dying with a bunch of doves flying everywhere, and then the audio <laughs> is, like, this very melodramatic, like, dialogue between two characters that you don't see it, but you can hear them, like... They're just getting swarmed by doves during the conversation. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And then his and dad comes crashing through the wall dressed like Lupin with his pants down. Yeah, and he crashes the TV, and then out of the TV comes a bunch of, like, dove pigeons. Yeah. And Haruko is, like, upstairs, like, 
looking down at them through the hole she just punched through the wall with, like, nothing but a towel on, shooting his dad with an airsoft gun. And she also has the punching ba- uh, glove on the spring. Yes. Which is, like, a very Lupin the Third thing. Yeah, it's the thing. If you haven't seen Lupin the Third, it's, like, in the opening title sequence, it's, there's a shot where Lupin, like, dives out of his pants towards... Is it Fujiko? Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, towards Fujiko's crotch, who's, like, the love interest. And it's just, like, a cartoon boxing glove comes out from between her legs and, like, pounds him into the wall and it freeze frames on that. Mm-hmm. It's got it's a very famous shot. And so like Naoto's like, Why are you wearing this red jacket? And like he's like, Oh, you like the green jacket more. You're a fan of Castle of Cassio- Cassiogo. Like like I didn't know that you were such you know, so such a hipster basically. <laughs> right. When <laughs> that is not what he meant. Uh so Naoto just runs upstairs to yell at Haruko instead, but she is still Naked except for a towel, talking to the cat again. Uh, like, moving her body very provocatively. Uh, just, like, fidgeting and shaking her butt constantly while she's yelling at whoever she's talking to through this cat. That, no, 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 she doesn't have feelings for anybody. That's not why the mission's taking longer. It's just, listen, there's a lot of complications. Yeah, because it's just a weird thing where his cat is a, like... Uh, a transistor to like get her thoughts to whoever she's reporting to. Yeah, for some reason she can use his cat like a radio. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't. They don't explain it, and they barely even like make it clear that that's what's happening. It's if you weren't watching closely, you would just kind of think she argues with his cat sometimes. Uh, but then he yells at her to get dressed, and she puts on like a goofy like Elvis Presley costume. With a giant pompadour. Yeah, and she starts listing off different, like, rock bands who are, like, you know, Rage Against the Machine, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Richard Cheese, what a, which is a weird pull. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't felt that weird about seeing a Richard Cheese reference since Batman, the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, she starts, like, helicoptering her guitar around, and it, like, lifts her off the ground, and she flies into him, and then in the next cut, like, the Elvis costume's gone, she's back in nothing but the towel with her ass all the way out. Yeah. Just, on, like, straddling this boy. Yeah. And, uh, she's, like, suggestively talking to him about how he just needs to swing his bat one more time. It was so good last time. Uh, and, and, yeah. Then his, like, the the horn for this episode starts growing, and it's like a gun. Yeah, it's like the like, hammer of a gun that starts coming out of the back of his head. But it pushes him into her, so they kiss. Yes. And his dad sees that through the hole in the wall, and you just get a static shot of his dad's face as it, like, turns a bunch of colors while they talk about it and now just trying to explain he wasn't trying to kiss her. Yeah. Uh, and then his dad just takes out an airsoft pistol and, like, assassinates his son. Yeah, but, and also I think it's, like, the airsoft pistol, that, like, a pistol that, like, Lupin uses. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's also, like, a German Luger, which we'll get to. We'll get to, huh? Hmm. But, uh, basically, 
uh, now his dad challenges him to an airsoft duel for Haruko's love. Yeah. And Haruko's just like, yeah, sure, fucking whatever, let's do it. Uh, and then he, like, suddenly notices that she's there still. Right, and they do the Lupin joke again. Yeah, but this time they do the full, like... Yeah, it's like, more explicit this time. Which I feel like is kind of Gildan the Lily. Yeah. I got what you were going for the first time. Uh, then we get the episode title, Brittle Bullet. Brittle Bullet. And yeah, that, that catches us back up to the cold open where that's why they're out in this field. Uh, and yeah. we see... So it's two versus two. Nauta is with uh, Haruko. Which I feel like that means he already won, right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Nauta's dad is with Conti, who Conti has a cool costume. He's got like a cloak and a bandana over his face. Yeah. But then... Uh, <sighs> then it, hmm, his dad mm. is just dressed like a Nazi officer. Yeah. Just like a a brown military coat with a Nazi armband. Yeah, like explicitly a swastika. Hey, what? Why? You know, my favorite episode of this trilogy. It's bad. It's weird. Yeah. And I he, don't like it. Yep. Me neither. Uh, and yeah, he is, he's got a very long pistol that he is stroking in a way that looks like he's jerking it off. Because subtext isn't something this show knows how to do. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I just, in all capital letters, just wrote, forgot about the Nazi armbands. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, and so then we cut to uh, Mamimi watching this. Yeah. And she notices that uh, uh, Kitsurubami uh, yeah. is, like, also kind of in a weird disguise. Right, yeah. She's got, like, a cool cape and a tall hat. Yeah. I'm sure this is another anime reference. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I do, like, yeah, you see maybe, like, overlooking the the gunfight happening down below, and she just looks very depressed. Yeah, and then she sees Kitsurubam, and she's like, "What? Okay, what? this is this is too weird for me to be depressed about anymore." Yeah. Okay. What's what's, what's the fuck going on? <laughs> Hold on. Uh, and then uh, we cut to um, uh, Amaro, who is talking about like that well, they're, like, they're trying to find Conti, basically. Yeah, she she has a gigantic sniper rifle, and she's looking at Conti, and they're talking about how no, 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 it's he's he's it's fine. He's only blue. He's not red. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of another famous sequence from this show. Where uh, speaking of Nazi imagery. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Got him. Listen, they're not quite Nazis. They're like Nazi apologists. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say it's fine, but that, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it's South cutting, Park. South Park yeah. is the. Yes. When he's talking to Kitsurubami, it's this one, like, static image of his face. He's got, like, his pinky extended while he's holding his cell phone like an asshole. Yeah. Um,. But it's like, you know, it's this cool art style, it's really vibrant colors, thick outlines, but then it's intercut with scenes of him talking to his barber, because he's at the barber shop, 
and all those scenes are done in a South Park style, and his voice is very whiny and juvenile, and he is trying to tell the hairdresser that he wants a cool, like, basically he wants to look cool and suave and grown up. So, like, if he met, if just, for instance, he ran into an ex, they'd really, you know, be into him again. Yeah, like, the quote he gives is, like, if a woman who hadn't seen me in a while, uh, like, saw it, they'd be like, oh, wow, this guy's so mature, but also, like, caring and supportive. Right. <laughs> it's a good line, and, like, buddy. Yeah, yeah, Amarau is... Here's the thing. You're not supposed to like Amarau. He's a creep, and he's not a good person, but, like, he's also, like, a victim of child abuse. Yeah. In a way that, like, he was sexually abused as a child in a way that has permanently stunted his maturity and, like, personality, and, like, I don't want to... It feels weird to, for to for the show to dunk on him. He's a, like, pretty tragic character that's not treated like one. It's the show does a lot with like treating characters as like the TV trope term is like butt monkey. Mm-hmm. I don't know that TV trope term. It, it basically just a character who always gets shit on. Oh, okay. Like uh, now, his dad, or sure, uh, Amaro, or Mamimi in some ways, or right, uh, especially a Lieutenant uh, Kitsu. Kitsurubami in this episode. Yeah, yeah. And that's like what I was like, with the guys, and this is just, you know, part of it. Mm-hmm. With the guys, all of it is seen as like, oh, you're a weakling, you're dumb, you're stupid. Right, and when it's like, now it's his dad, you can do that, because he sucks. Yeah, because, like, all of the choices that he has made in life has led to him sucking. But characterizing Amaral that way feels cruel. Yeah, and when it gets to Lieutenant and Mamimi, it also sexualizes them when that usually happens. Yeah, yeah. Which is like a whole nother kettle of fish. Right. Yeah, it's just... Like, this show is very cartoony, so it, like, it, in a lot of ways, like, works on, like, Looney Tunes rules... Yeah, but it, like, ping-pongs back and forth between Looney Tunes rules and, like, trying to tell something approaching a serious story. It kind of does what Evangelion does, where it flashes between, like, shounen anime and, like, serious, yeah. like, version of it. And I, but... I, yeah, I, I think the first half of the show it hit that balance way better. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird to, like, think that now. Right. I th- uh, I thought this episode was the coolest when I was a kid. Yeah. And now I'm watching it, I'm like, huh. Huh. But, uh, uh so, yeah. Yeah, Nauta tries to defeat his dad, but it's a dummy, and he just gets, like, caught in a bunch of traps. Right. And then he, he finds Conti and starts shooting at him at the same time that Kitsurubami starts sniping him with her, like, anti-tank rifle. Yeah. And uh, now he just sees all the explosions happening around and seems to assume it's his airsoft guns doing it. He's like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm winning. Ah. Yeah. Or or at least is it like, I don't know what's happening, but it works for me. Right. And uh, Haruka jumps in 
and like reflects one of the bullets with her guitar. And then Kitsuru Pomi with her that bullet she fired that gets reflected yeah. shouts cyborg. She's like going on this whole rant, she like brings up seven of nine from Star Trek. I didn't even really pick up everything that she says, but yeah, she calls Conti a cyborg. And then Mimi like just very casually is like, Well actually Confusing robots and cyborgs is a pretty common mistake. Right, well, Kitsubami's just looking at horror at the bullet that's about to hit her. Yeah. And yeah, her whole, like, car explodes. Uh, and then I think there is some uh, pun that we were missing where it's, like, the kanji of blue that they're using with also the kanji of yeah, cyborg... I've got it quiet with the subtitles on, and yeah, it sounds like it's not even a cyborg thing in Japanese. It's some joke about blue. Because uh, like, yeah, like, like, text the appears on screen it. that they like have to translate, otherwise it looks weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. says, the correct kanji use is the more Chinese-style blue. Yeah, yeah, <clears> yeah. <throat> um, but yeah, the it ends up with like Kitsurubami and Naoto's dad getting like thrown into the river, and just like they float downstream. Uh, now uh, starts chasing Conti and like shooting at him, but then he gets hit by a truck. Yeah, and uh, he's still shooting at him while he's flying through the air after being hit by a truck. Yeah, it's a somewhat cool moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then he like lands and Conti like gets a gun to his head and he tries to call timeout. Which, the the scene of him going, like, wait, 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 I got three timeouts. Yeah. And then, like, Conti, like, like flipping his head to, like, look at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go, like, oh, no, I lied. Right. Uh, almost seems like something, like, out of, like, AMV Hell or, like, a tsunami bumper that they added, like, audio from a different show. Oh, sure, yeah, I and, like, see Like, it you edited mean. it. Cause, yeah, like, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's, like, such, like, a weird quickness to it. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it was his friends from school that were driving the truck. Yeah. Uh, he's elementary schoolers. Yeah. Nina Mori is riding in the, like, bed of it with a popsicle, and the other two are dr- driving. And uh, they explain that... Well, first of all, they're like, wow, whoa, are you okay? He's like, huh, yeah, I'm used to this kind of thing by now. <laughs> I get hit by a lot of things nowadays. Right. Uh... Because, like, what this episode is trying to go for is that he's starting to get a big head about all this. He's starting to get a big head about it, and it's, like, making him seem more immature than ever. Yeah. Now that he's like, oh, well, I guess I am a cool adult. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because they, like... He's, like, kind of showing off his cool airsoft guns, and then he learns that they're down here because they have a part-time job delivering beer. Yeah. And he, like, immediately gets self-conscious that he's out here playing Airsoft when they're doing a job. And so he's like, well, no, I got this cool robot. Right, and it was it was the robot's idea to, to, to play a game. I'm just humoring it. I don't even, I don't even like having fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nina Mori sucks off her Popsicle, because, you know, <laughs> that's what the show is. Uh, again... Need more suck out of the popsicle is a dot 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 interesting thing. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Weird to do this with this 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. It's really a damned if you do, damned if you don't, because 
It's really weird and creepy to do an adult, uh, you know, sexualize an adult on this show when the main character's a kid, and it's like, well, that's not okay for all kinds of reasons. But you also can't, you definitely can't do it with an age-appropriate love interest for him, because that's even creepier, somehow. I think you can do it in a way that is not a joke about yes. this 12-year-old performing oral sex. No, 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just like, this show wants to be about Nauta's sexuality, and it's like, well, he can either sexualize adult characters that uh, makes me feel bad in some ways, or you can get all male gazy over characters that are his. It's like the Persona problem. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's not good. Yeah, and like both are bad, but like I feel weird about like the kids. Yes. Because exactly. I'm an adult. Right. No, I agree with you. Um, something I do really like in this episode that's coming up next is she finishes because like when the joke with it is that when Hark uh Hark appears and they're like oh it's all because they're like oh you're piloting the robot. Yeah. And he's getting more, like, up his own ass about it. And every time he gets more and more, like, cocky but childish. Right. The gun cocks. Get it? Yeah. Uh-huh. The gun uh, cocks. Yeah. The... But, like, as he, like, as she, like, sees that, she bites off the popsicle. Yeah. Uh, and she fishes, like, oh, I'm a winner. And... For this, she gets a water gun, and this water gun is beautifully animated. It really is. They, like, animate the way that, like, the the light filtering through the water picks up the coloring of the plastic. Yeah. They also say, that, like, so I, I think she's, like, yeah, she won something from her popsicle stick, but they're like, oh, well, then here, you should have a prize. This was going to be payment for us doing this job. Here, it's like a $2 water gun. Yeah, from what they sound later, like, this is one of their dad's things. Oh, yeah, because they say it's, like, his dad's truck. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's more just that they're like, oh, let us help. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I don't think that they're on the books. Right, no, they're definitely not on the books. That much, yes. Because they say, like, they're not driving on the road, they're driving down by the river, so, like, the cops don't see children driving a car. Children having a car with alcohol in it. Right. It's because they've been employed to do a job. There's really no part of this that's okay. Yeah. And I, the thing I, another thing I really like about this episode is, like, Nina Mori and these guys, like, it feels very real. Yeah, yeah. Like, even, like, with all the ridiculous we just talked about, like, but, like, her right in the back, like, just staring at this water gun that's the only thing that she has. Right. Like, the way one of his friends is, like, when he's driving, he's, like, got his, like, arms, like, way above him. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's um, just a, yeah, go a good mode of, like, oh, this is, like, good childhood. Definitely. Uh, I will say, when Haruko shows up, the annoying friend does, like, a smooch thing, like he always does, but his face... Stretches way out and gets very veiny in a way that, like, I know what you're drawing a picture of, guys. You did turn this boy's face into a dick. Yeah. 
just mm. Mm-mm. and they're like oh like he's going with that horror girl but then he's also got his wife yeah uh, like he's, he's popular mm-hmm. then they cuts back to Mamimi and uh, Nauta by the river yeah and they're you know, just having kind of one of their normal conversations they are Mamimi is very standoffish and she's yeah. like wow you really are you've knocked back that satellite huh you sure are amazing and like clearly kind of means it in a backhanded way and now to does not pick up on that in the slightest no he just starts bragging but like trying to brag in a way that's like a humble brag yeah very much just like oh no i mean it wasn't anything you know i mean come <laughs> i mean i was just there yeah i mean i did save yeah. literally everybody but you know it was no big deal or nothing yeah, I do this stuff all the time. Yeah. Uh, and she ends up shooting uh, him with the... Yeah. Or No, she, like, not now, but she just, like, cocks the gun. Right, and just points at him. Yeah, it's... There's a lot of different guns in this episode, and other... yeah. obviously a lot of it is just supposed to be, like, phallic imagery, but I feel like they're trying to get at something with all the guns that I'm like, I don't know, guys. Yeah, it's a gun episode. Yeah, I, don't I think really they know. also just like airsoft guns, probably. I mean, but then you also have, like the water gun and the like big gunfight that's coming up, and the yeah, like true. monster is a gun monster, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I've, there's there's something, but like whatever. <laughs> uh, because yeah, the, like Mamimi and Nauta on the like river is being intercut with Amarau back at the barber shop. Where it turns out that uh, his barber is Haruko now. Well, first we also had cut to uh, oh yeah, Kitsurubami, who is like her uniform's like blown up. She's puking up fish. Right, her uniform blown up to show off her underboob, of course. Yes. Yeah. Did you just get a close up of her puking, huh? Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's yeah talking about how like she can't do anything about Conti, he's too strong, and Conti just floats up to her and she starts freaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, as she's freaking out, the hairdresser, like, puts uh, Amuro in, like, a bunch of water. Yeah. Like, like starts, like, uh, like, shampooing him, but, like, in a very aggressive way. Right. And she's like, oh, like, what color do you want? Like, you know, like, Auburn, or, like, you know, Cinder, or Furry... <laughs> right. And, and then he realizes what's going on. Like, he draws his gun, but she has, like, a straight razor to his neck, and they're just in a standoff for a minute. Yeah. This, like, whole part one very, seems very panty and stocking. Yeah, very much so. Uh, but also, like, works extremely well. This part's very good. It's, it's a cool fight where just, uh, like, it's a lot of quick flashes of, like, bullet casings flying and Haruko just like making faces at the camera and like slashing the straight razor around and stuff. It's cool. Yeah. And uh yeah, Mamimi shoots Nauta. And he turns into Kenny. <laughs> yeah, he turns into Kenny from South Park. And uh she's like, Wow, you're just so amazing now. You're such a grown up. You do all kinds of cool fully coolie stuff. You're fucking, huh? Yeah, and so he's like, 
oh yeah, and he's still trying to like be like modest and like, oh yeah, no, it's cool. Again, not understanding right. what is happening. Yeah. So, but he's like starting to understand that she is like a bit mad or like maybe jealous of Haruko. And so he's like, oh yeah, let's let's us two hang out. Yeah. Hey, why don't you come with me? And the gun cocks again. Yeah. Uh, we get more of, uh, like, it's now cutting between uh, the lieutenant fighting Conti, which is basically a fight, which is basically not a fight. No, no, it's mostly, like, she's shooting at him, and he's just got his hands up, like, clearly no. not here to fight. She's, he's seems just concerned that she's okay. I think, if I remember, and this might just be a internet rumor that isn't true. Yeah. That there, like, is a frame where you can see, like, her nipple. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, I do like the scene when Amarao and Haruko are fighting where, like, they kind of have a moment of pause and just all of the bullets everywhere, like, on the floor just split in half because Haruko cut them with the razor. Yeah, and they're all hollow. Yeah. Uh, Amarao says, I'm an adult now. I buy my own insurance and everything. Right. Which is great. And at that, like, two dozen other men in black show up with guns. <laughs> and uh, he's just, like, t- trying to talk to Haruko, like, listen, you know, the medical mechanic is here. You're pissing them off. They're going to hurt this planet. And you're just, you just want Atomisk. And it makes her angry. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all start shooting at her. And she just, like, neos through the bullets. Yeah. And... Like, dudes are just bursting through the walls with machine guns, and she's just shooting everybody. Yeah. A lot of murder in this one. The one I specifically like is them bursting through the door. She just fires into the door, like, splitting it in half. Yeah, yeah. She uh, but what Amor, like, the most important thing that Amuro said was that when he Conti's red, he's the Pirate King. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Haruko murders all of his henchmen. Yeah. And he's just left standing like, well. Uh, and he, now- he just goes, you can't be real. <laughs> yeah. Nauta is like dragging Mamimi by the hand somewhere and like pulling her too hard and she's complaining. But he's just going on about how, you know, oh, everything's been so stupid and weird since Haruko showed up. It was so much better when they just hung out and she made out with him all the time. Uh, so, you know, he just wants to set some some time aside for them to hang out. And, like, that's cut with, like, Kitsurabami blushing as Conti, like, offers to help her out of the river? Yeah, and so, like, she's like, yeah, like, oh, you're only like this because of Haruko. Right. And he, like, she finally, like, she go- he goes like, oh, I know you like me too. And she kind of is, like, not into it. Right. He she's like not even really acknowledging what he's saying. Uh he has brought her to it says Cafe Blue. It looks a lot like a love hotel. Kind of. Like it's just this very tall pink building with like a neon sign. Mm-hmm. And uh he's just telling her, like, hey, well, no, we should get something here. Come on. And uh she is really just not having it. She's not even looking at him. 
And he eventually just grabs her and tries to kiss her, but he's not tall enough to reach, and she's not bending down. Yeah. And he's Which like... Is, I, I, out of all the weird stuff that's happening in this, yeah, a pretty good, like, of what it is going for. Very much so, yeah. And, like, he is yelling. He's, like, throwing a tantrum about how all of a sudden, like, no, I know you like me, too. And she just, like, a look flashes on her face, and she's like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Is, this has not been okay. What's been yeah. happening here? Yeah. This like is she, a child. She has a moment of like realization. Like this is not you, the person I liked. Yeah. Like it's like, very much the more he yells about how he's a grown up, the more childish he looks. Yeah. And like, that's also the other thing of like, that's weird about Mimi. Mimi is like, there's also the possibility that she was also right. Like, like abused as a child. Yeah, it's it, I, that relationship is just not elaborated on. Yeah, but yeah, uh, the the hammer finally goes, and we get another Mamimi pan, uh, pan shot. Don't worry, right? Because a giant dick comes out of Nauta's head and like shoots between her legs and throws her skirt up. Yeah, and it just grows and grows and grows into a giant cowboy monster robot. Uh, and then we get back to Conti and uh, the lieutenant, and she's got hard eyes for this giant kid dick. Uh-huh, she sure does. That seems to be her main uh, role in this story, is to uh, let us know when we should be horny for the kid dick. Which is a terrible sentence that I hate that I said. Yeah. I hate also that I said something similar. Uh-huh. But that's just what the show is. That's what this show is. And it sucks. It, yeah. Uh, Amarau and Haruko, like, stop their fight when they see the robot, and Amarau is freaking out because Haruko is pissing off Medical Mechanica. And he's mostly pissed, uh, like, uh, like, out of sorts because he lost his eyebrows. Right. And he starts acting like a kid because of this. Yeah, well, she calls him a primitive monkey, uh, and he says that's discriminatory language used against, like, species from underdeveloped planets in a way that's like... Oh, it's funny that, you know, he'd whine about PC stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. She starts waving her guitar around like a wand in what I'm guessing is an anime reference. Well, it's like just this general, like, anime yeah. transformation, because she transforms into the Daikon 5 character. Right, but, like, the spell she's casting, whatever, like, opens up Amarau's N.O. channel, but, oh, it's just so small and, you know ineffectual, not like Nauta's, and just a tiny little guitar comes out of his head. Yeah, because he's got a tiny dick. Right. I liked the show as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> just close had, your eyes and remember I, Firestarter. I came out of the last episode we did feeling so good about this show. Yeah. I was not expecting this turn. I wasn't either. It really sucked. But, uh, yeah. Then we get the, uh, uh, like, the kind of climax of this episode. Yeah. Which is not as strong as the last one, but I think it's still pretty fun. Right. Uh, yeah, where it, she's, it's, it's the explicit Daikon 4 uh, reference. Yeah, she says Daikon 5. Yeah. Uh, she is riding on in a bunny suit on her, uh, like in a bunny suit, like on her guitar. 
Right. And she's uh, using the tiny Amara guitar like a slingshot. Like the two like parts of the flying V are just like the sides of a slingshot, and she's shooting stuff at the monster with it. Uh, but Mimi asks for Naoto's brother, and he's like, "No, I'm the one saving you. No, I'm I'm here. I'm me, me, me." Right. Which again, as a kid, I'm like, "Oh, this is so cool. This is like he's taking charge. Oh, this is great." But like, that's not even what the show is saying. No. Like he jumps into the robot. Uh, he, he, which this is the first time he like willingly jumps into Conti as opposed to like just getting eaten by him. Getting the robot now, <laughs> right? So it is like. He is, like, showing agency in a way he wasn't before, but again, he comes off like a petulant little boy. Yeah, like, he's doing it to try to prove something that is, like, not what he's accomplishing. Well, and he gives this whole speech about how, like, how dare you be yelling for my brother, I'm the one who's gonna save you from this. He is not the one who saves her from this. No. He completely blows it. Uh, and then... The giant robot, and I like this giant robot a lot. It's really cool. It's like this very tall cowboy with like a trench coat that goes from its like hat all the way down. And then as they're fighting it, it keeps having more arms under the coat with guns. And like at one point it does a flip and you see that it's actually just a giant hand with little hands on every fingertip. It's a really cool design. Yeah. Um, but one of the, um, like it just like pulls out like a like lever rifle yeah and i just like that image of just this giant robot having like not just a gun an old-fashioned gun (laughs) right yeah because like this is a like giant robot like kaiju style yeah 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 like conti is like a big robot but like is he's like 10 feet tall this thing is like 100 feet tall yeah and there's a good sequence of haruharka uh running along the gun and like jumping off of the injected bullet yeah and like it like Like thrust its arm out to trap her in the barrel of a gun to finally shoot her. Yeah. It just like does it against like a building, so the building blows up. It's cool. Right. Yeah. So they like yeah. Conti transforms into like Atomus Conti with Nauta inside him, and Haruka starts riding on them. Uh, She transforms it into the cannon and shoots, and the shot really doesn't do anything to hurt the robot. No. And it, like, goes wide and doesn't return to the barrel of the gun like we've seen it do. It just slams no, it, into a billboard. The first time it does... Oh, yeah, it yeah, yeah. does come back. And, it like, it does some damage, but, like, not a huge amount. Right, it doesn't stop the robot. Like it has before. Right. Um, but maybe gets knocked off, but Conti saves her and then drops her into the taxi... The little truck that the kids were driving. Right. Uh, and then Conti, like, a huge laser shoots out of his face, and it's very cool looking, because he, like, wraps his hand around the laser and squeezes it, and, like, it molds into the form of a guitar. Yeah, um, and, and then also the thing you are talking about earlier, where it hits the billboard, the bullets. Yeah, it, like, there's a billboard for, like, that John Woo movie they were watching, and it's just, like, a gun barrel pointed at the viewer. And like, Did you the- see what the, it was called? I don't. I did. I don't remember what it was. It's called "I'm the Hitman 3. <laughs> it's great. Uh, and yeah, like the bullet like jams right into where the barrel of the gun is on the poster. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Conti uses Atomisk's guitar, which freaks everyone out, and just mm-hmm. immediately just destroys this robot. It like blows a hole through it, 
and it goes tumbling and like smashes into the medical mechanica building and lands kind of wrist side down so it's just a giant robot hand sticking up into the sky yeah and met- the plant starts like shooting out smoke everywhere <laughs> and like the, the obvious thing and they get into this in the next episode is that it's just, it was got a giant hand that was going to pick up this iron <laughs> right um, yeah, as the smoke comes out, the robot hand just turns into, like, a black and white photo of a hand. Which is, like, one of the creators of, like, the directors. Yeah, yeah. And it's got, like, the the damage it took from Atomisk. It just has, like, a stigmata. Basically. Yeah. And uh, the bullet falls out of the billboard, and ter- it turns out all along that bullet was Nauta. Yeah. And he's just, like, laying on the ground, and then Haruko, like, lands on top of him painfully to make like googly right eyes f- at Conti. And right in front of all his friends, so, like, he is yeah. no longer cool. So, again, after making that whole monologue about how he's gonna save the day, he completely fails to, and then gets humiliated. Yeah. And kind of gets just knocked down a peg by the whole end of this episode. <sighs> the, the, the last, like, third of it's cool... Yeah, that's basically the rest of these episodes. The fight's good. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we're last episode. Let's last get episode, it. let's do it, let's do it. Uh, fully Climax. Fully Climax. Good title. Yeah. We get more of the teacher who I like. Yeah, the teacher's great. Yeah. She's like another, like person who gets shit on a bunch but also she's not like super sexualized right yeah she's the only woman on this show that isn't yeah uh but she's just a uh really funny like character yeah she's very like nichi joe almost yeah you know what she is (laughs) i forgot if we said something similar to that last time we might have i don't remember but she's giving a lecture on how to use chopsticks which she can't do yeah, uh, and I like that immediately, like, after she, like, te- tries to teach people about chopsticks and how great it is, it immediately cuts to one of the kids just stabbing the chopsticks into, like, a yeah. piece of food and, like, eating it like that. Right. And, like, the, the kids are talking about how they like sporks better than chopsticks, and <laughs> the annoying kid is being annoying about this also. Yeah, this also felt like very, like, actual, like, childhood yeah, yeah. Especially when they later on cut to, like, them, like, talking, and they're, they're still, still talking. they're still talking about it hours later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and now to just is clearly depressed, and he just gets up and walks out of class. Yeah. And Which, he gives this... Oh, go ahead. No one, like, stops him. And, like, no. Everyone's like, where he's going? Like, oh, he gets more sparks. Right. And he gives this very melodramatic monologue about how ever since the hand landed next to the medical mechanica building, it's bellowed out smoke nonstop. It's completely consumed our city to the point where the outside world doesn't even exist anymore. It feels like every day here is a lifetime of slowly dying. Yeah, like and then like maybe that's where Conti and Haruka like went they went outside. From, yeah. Like away from this town where nothing ever happens. Right. It's like, okay, fucking kid. (laughs) Jerk off motion. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So we cut to the immigration services, and uh, Amaro is, uh, like, exercising and 
hands like his water bottle to Lieutenant, and Lieutenant accidentally uh, drinks some of it. Right, which and he's like, oh yeah. no! Right, she's horrified that she yeah drank out of the same cup as him. Uh, and he's like, they're talking about how it looks kind of like a hand about to grab an iron, but isn't yeah. that kind of like obvious? Isn't that like really over the top blunt imagery? Yeah, um, where I was like, yeah, but that's what the show is that we're in, so don't worry about it. And they start talking about, like, smoothing out the wrinkles of the brain. And it's like, oh, well, you better hope they're not going to do that, because that's how we think. Yeah. And they're looking for, like, a core that got escaped from. Yeah. Uh, And then... So, Mamimi is, like, out by the river again, and she gets splashed by someone driving by on a scooter. Uh, And she's looking for Takun the cat. And she can't find where he's gone off to. And she just looks depressed and lonely. Yeah, like, to the point where she's, like, no longer caring. It's, like, raining heavily, but, like, she doesn't care about her umbrella anymore. Like, she's just like, fuck this. Yeah. Uh, Nauta finally gets to pick his own damn drink for once from the vending machine. He gets black coffee because, yeah. again, asshole. Uh-huh. And, like, his friends see that Mamimi's down by the river and looks kind of, like... Lonely, a, and they're like, hey, are bat, you? yeah, like, oh, we could, let's, you should go hang out with her. Right, and now to just ignores them and walks away. Yeah. And they only refer to Mamibi as Nauta's wife. Yes. Which is, like, Theo's just like, ah, oh, this sucks. It sure does. Like, I mean, it sucks in a way that it's meant to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, she's hanging out under the bridge trying to get a cigarette to light in the rain. Which is also, like, an extremely famous shot of this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was, I wrote in my notes, oh, great, a Mamimi-focused episode could save this. Right, yeah. Which, this is definitely the most Mamimi-focused of these three. It still isn't, though. No, you're right. It's not. Uh, so she is, yeah, sitting under the bridge, and a little robot friend comes up out of the water. Yeah. And there is a very cute animation of her, like, sidling up closer to it to get a closer look. Yeah. And it, like, she, like, breathes smoke on it. Yeah. And it starts, like, dancing around and, like, acting very, like, hyperactive. And she's like, well, you're a peppy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's extremely good. Yeah. And now just walking around, drinking his coffee. And Omarau, like, calls out, like... Ah, drinking bitter drinks now, huh? That's the taste theme for this episode. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. Your brain needs glucose to recover from having a bunch of shit pulled out of it. So, you should really, you should really be having ten to twenty cubes of sugar in that coffee, buddy. Uh, and he somehow got his scooter up into like one of those like pipes. You see <laughs> yeah. a lot of, but at like the highest one, like obviously, like tried very hard to look very cool. Right. God, and you just, mm, you know he only has that scooter because Haruko has one. Yeah, but, like, he couldn't get the better one. Right. Uh, then you uh, see ta- uh, the cat Takun, and it has a girl cat now. Yeah. But you know it's a girl cat because it has a bow. You know it's a girl cat because it has a bow, and they're, like, jumping around, making, like, like hearts are flying out of them. Because, yeah, it, it ditched Mamimi just like the human Takun did. Do you get it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Amarau has another pair of fake eyebrows to shove onto Nauta. 
Because uh, he's like, you just need to be an adult like me. You just need to become me. <laughs> right. If you're a grown-up, then she can't pull things out of your head. And, you know, neither of us can do that, but we can pretend to be one. Yeah. Uh, by wearing these big, dumb eyebrows. And he starts... He gives us the backstory on Adamisk. And he Which, says... who yeah. looks the most Gurren Lagan of anything in this. Yeah, he looks very Gurren Lagan. Um, where it's just like... This red naked man we're seeing from behind with like glowing green veins going all through him, and uh, he's saying that like he's the pirate king who has No so powerful he can steal entire star systems, and uh, medical mechanica has like captured him. Yeah, and uh, Haruko is a space cop who is supposed to be like arresting him, but she's fallen in love with him. Ah, <sighs> so yeah, bah. Uh, so then we cut back to uh, Mimimi and the little robot friend, uh, and she has a phone with what we learn is uh, uh, Naoto's brother's uh, phone yeah. number, and like I think it's a very good encapsulation of like the weirdness and like of seriousness FLCL. Yeah, of like the way she's giving up on this old relationship is to let a little robot eat her this like cell phone yeah that contains his number but even after that she still has to call him takun right yeah yeah like she still can't escape it fully yeah which so far i'd say this episode's very good yes well we got more episode to talk about (laughs) yeah uh Uh, yeah it comes back to home with nauta and they do the manga scene again Right, Haruka's yeah. back. Yeah, he's still lonely because she's not there. He's like strumming on his flying V that he's got. But yeah, then he gets called out to dinner, and we do more manga with Haruko. Yeah. And like his eyebrows immediately fall off when he sees her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like, oh no, she was just on vacation to Hawaii. She brought us home this food that doesn't come from Hawaii. Yeah. And this one's like even less coherent than the first one was. Yeah. Uh, there's a like joke running jo- like a joke tangent that uh, Haruka goes on where she's like, "Oh, j- vacation, like alienation, Japanimation, manga, something like." Yeah, manga. it's like some word association. And then she goes, "It's not funny." While like head like chopping Nauta, and he's like, "It's not my joke. You did it." Right. And then she starts uh, stomping on his crotch over and over. Yeah. And, uh, I think he says don't noogie noogie there, and his grandpa goes, oh, she can googly googly me there anytime she wants. Yeah. Because she says if she goes on vacation, she wants to go on vacation just with, like, yeah. with Takud. Right. And, uh, his dad just starts saying a bunch of things that sound like fully coolie while stripping and jerking off in front of his family. Yeah. And the art gets scribblier and scribblier, and uh, then it like, turns into, like, animation, and his dad just yells to stop. Because the manga scenes are too much work, and they were asked to stop doing them after episode one, but they had to do it again, because people would think they're lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, funny joke. Yeah. And now to still like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> right. Uh, and his dad just, like gets real close up on him and is like, 
All right, buddy. Here's a moment of truth. You got to tell us all. What does Fooly Cooly mean? And Dad's just like, I have no idea. And he's like, no, 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 you're the main character of the show. You have to know. That's how this works. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I think that was, like, the thing used in all of the ads for Toonami. Yeah. Uh, Harka tries to hit uh, Nauta, and he dodges it, but then he gets hit on the second try. Yeah, and then it and, just, like, zooms out while they all just, like, fight. Yeah, and Superman appears. Superman's just there. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, it's, yeah. He, uh, now to the bath, and you can just hear him, like, all the people talking. Yeah. And there's, like, some shots of, like, a red light in smoke, and then it cuts to them at night. And he's, like, talking to Haruko, even though he thinks she's asleep. And then she, like, pokes her head over the top of the bunk. He's like, ah, oh, dang it. Yeah. And, uh... They s- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, She's go like, ahead. hey, come with me. We'll be... <laughs> in a relationship. Well, she says, like, do you wanna... I'm leaving again. Do you wanna come with me? Do you wanna throw your whole life away and come with me? And he just says, why are you being so nice to me? <laughs> Which, like, she wasn't? No, no. And, like, even she, like, he's like, buddy, I wasn't. <laughs> I was pointing out that it was a bad idea for you to come with me. Uh, and then he starts crying and is like, oh, why did you go? Yeah, and like, yeah, hugs her and just like cries into her shirt. And it's like, this is the point where, mm, if it, it was weird already, but like now you're really putting a point on like the maturity difference between the two of them, you know? Yeah, like, he is acting like a big sister has gone away. Yeah, exactly. But the show will not treat them like a big sister. Nope. And a little sister. What? Well, yeah, and this is... Brother. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is kind of like... You get a long shot of, like, Haruko's face, and, like... This is maybe the one point where she's like, huh, eh, maybe I shouldn't be, like, s- exploiting this child's, like, vulnerable psychology. I mean, I'm gonna keep doing it, but maybe I'm a bad person for doing it. Yeah. Uh, so then it cuts back to Mimi, who has collected all of the like cell phones of all of her high school classmates yeah like two whole bags of them right yeah literally the <laughs> only time we've gotten any proof she's gone to school a one time yes was to yeah steal all her classmates cell phones to feed to the little robot friend who is like turned into a little robot dog now yeah it's very cute uh we get some scenes of uh, Hara and uh, Nauta, like on the on a mountain, but like we don't yeah. hear anything about it. And it comes to school where they're having uh, like a gym day, right? And like the kids are talking about how Nauta's like been missing for like several days now. Yeah, and uh, Nidamora just is like, well, he should just like talk to his parents about his feelings and then cry like I did with my parents. And everyone's, like, amazed at the idea that someone just dealt with their emotional problems. Yeah. And she does a cool jump. And everyone's very impressed with her high jump. Like, oh. Yeah. Again, low... They clear the low... She clears the low bar like we... Like, they clear the low bar of not (laughs) sexualizing this moment. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Amarau and 
Kitsubami are looking at like the chunk of the hand that got blown out, and they're saying, "Well, it's it's missing the actual core of it. It must it must be up and moving around on its own." Yeah. So like, if you don't get it, they, that it's a little dog friends. Yeah. And uh, Amurai was just like, "Yeah, this is really bad. Uh, Medical Mechanica is gonna like kill everybody if we don't like resolve this situation." Yeah. It comes back to the mountain with Nauta and Hara, and she gets this giant jumbo, but, like, kind of bad ramen, and then she instantly makes him switch with her. Right, because he got the good brand that, like, he didn't get as much of it, but it tastes better. And, yeah, they just have a conversation about how, oh, she's just so selfish, and, you know, that's gonna come back to bite her someday. And she's like, yeah, well, I mean, when it does, I'll just deal with it. I get what I want right now if I act this way. Yeah, and, and, you know, having the bad thing can even be fun, too. Right. Uh, we cut back to Mimimi, who is like, oh, we, you need some more food. And so she is now having uh, it, it eat bicycles and scooters. Yeah, it's like outgrown cell phones. So now she's feeding her robot dog just, yeah, vehicles. She's got, she- like, a little, like pocketbook of uh like addresses and stuff yeah of like everyone who's ever bullied her it's it's good all of this movie stuff for the majority of this is very good yeah i think this whole episode so far still pretty good um just like that shot of like they're under this flickering light yeah while she's like and it's just very like almost like watercolory in the background right and then there's like a very ominous shot of like her face that like the only light source is her cigarette yeah and it's like there's no like no one's getting hurt in this scene it's just this robot dog ripping apart this scooter and eating it but it's like the way it's like animated and shot makes it feel very violent yes and that like what Mimi's doing is like obviously wrong but like you get why she's doing it, but it's, like, her almost in the most antagonistic role she's taken. Right. Yeah, like, it's just, like, a shot, like I said, a shot of her face lit by the cigarette, a shot of the dog ripping the scooter apart, a shot of her, like, holding the leash while it just kind of jerks back and forth. Yeah, and, like, this shot of the dog, like, having totally eaten the thing, but it's, like, all broken up inside of it, like, jutting out. Yeah, like, it's a snake. It's really good. Yeah. And then she says, like, all right, well, let's go find the next one. Yeah. Uh, then we see Anita Mori, who has found Nauta and Haraharka, who are sleeping on a bench. Yeah. In a it- weird way that plays at the homelessness that Mimi is actually experiencing. Yeah, that's true. Anita Mori just kind of sees that her friend is now just like a homeless person sleeping with that weird lady. Yeah. And she clearly just like decides she does not know how to deal with this situation and walks away. Yeah. And uh yeah, you cut back to Mamimi, the dog is now very big. Yeah. Uh and like not just other two friends are there's hanging out. Really, there's a good line where she's like has like huge circles under her eyes. Yeah. And she's like, "Well, now I'll finally be able to forgive all these people. Yeah. She is, uh, she's not doing okay. No. Uh, but yeah, now it's other two friends are, like, hanging out by the truck. 
uh, from last episode talking about how I think they say every scooter from like downtown upward got eaten last night. Yeah, which <sighs> either maybe gets bullied a lot by everyone, right? Or she is just being a bit in like just going for everyone. Yeah, and it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, yeah, her idea of, like, what qualifies someone as deserving revenge is probably a pretty low bar. But although also, she, she probably has a lot of legitimate grievances. Although she does say that his two friends, who only call her Naoto's wife... Yeah. ...are not on her list. Which, they call her that, and she clearly gets mad for a second, and then the robot dog, like, takes that as an invitation to attack their truck, even though she's trying to stop it. Yeah. It's like, you know, and... I mean, like, if you're looking at it on, like, a figurative level, it's like her, you know, anger or whatever has gotten out of control. Yeah. Uh. It's, yeah, and I still, I still am liking this. This is a good episode so far. Yeah. Uh, it cuts to around Kitsurubami driving around, just kind of well, like, just, oh, go ahead. We also got a little bit of, uh, Nauta's dad. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, going yeah. on this fucking, like, weird, bad tangent. I mean, like, well, like, yeah, like, you know, kids get, like, not go to school, but, like, I got sick once, and, like, I was in charge of the hamster. The hamster died. Right. But, like, you know, I like, all the other kids made fun of me and called me hamster killer, but, like, none of those other kids took care of the hamster. Right. And he's saying all this to now just teacher, who has come to his house to figure out why he hasn't been at school all week. And she's like, no, this is about your son. And he's like, oh, no, he's good. He's fine. Yeah, listen, like the, unlike that hamster, now it's just, he's enjoying his freedom. Like, buddy, he's 12. <laughs> uh, but, you haven't seen your son in a week. You should be more worried. Yeah. Then we get to what you're saying, uh, Amaro and the lieutenant, uh, Kitsuburami, Kitsuburami, and... Yeah. That's a weird scene. Yeah, Amara starts hitting on her and like, hey, so what do you like to do off the clock? And Kitsurami is not into it. He reaches over to like put his hand on hers. And I don't know it, what it is. This is the most creepily animated hand ever. It's all of like the knuckle hair. Yeah, yeah. Like they absolutely sell how gross it is for Amara to be hitting on her. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, ugh. And she, like, it, it's portrayed as gross. But, like, again, it's just another weird moment of, like, the only person who's cool, who's, like, don't be in this relationship. Yeah. Is a sexual creep also who... Right. It's just... Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Uh, but they're, like, she tries to abruptly change the subject to... You know, listen, we have a serious problem to deal with, what with the aliens and all. And he's like, nah, listen, it won't be an issue. It's fine. And then the giant robot dog comes out. Yeah, the core appears. And they're like, oh, it's the core. Yeah. It's not that great of a movie. (laughs) Uh, Mamimi is just, like, hanging from the leash from its, like, face. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Amara, like, jumps out of the car and slams into Conti, who is just... God bless Conti, even in these dark times. Yeah. Because he's just wearing, like, a cardigan and a skirt, and he's being, like, uh, like, he's directing traffic for children. 
He's Conti like a crossing guard. Conti has never been a bad character in any of these episodes. No. He has never, he's only been cool. Conti's the best. Uh, but it turns out Conti's actually bad because the like weird brain things come out of his back and attach to the core yeah. and the mouth in his chest opens up and becomes the face of this thing. And it turns out that Conti was just a component of it all along. Oh, oh dang. Uh, and so, like, everything's going crazy, and the, um, factory, like, goes into, like, high gear. Yeah. And so that wakes up Ahara and also alerts the teacher, who gets to see her new VW bug get eaten. (laughs) Right, her second car get destroyed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they see... Mamimi and Amarau stuck to this thing while it's flying through the air. I love how goofy it looks when it flies. Yeah. Because it's like, it's kind of a worm, and it's just tilted at like a 20 degree angle, wiggling all its little appendages around. Yeah. It doesn't look like it should be able to fly. Uh, Hara says it's the climax, the music kits in. Yeah, kits it's, in. The, it's the music that they use for like the next episode stuff, which yeah. is cool. Um... And they all just kind of end up on the hand. Uh, the monster, like, won't go into the stigmata. It's, like, missing something. Yeah. And, yeah, Haruko and now to show up and Amara, like, shoots down the moped. And I really like the animation of, like, the smoke clearing around his gun. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. And then, like, he's obviously, like, much taller, like... Takes up the entire thing, and then it cuts to Nauta, like, at the, like, smoke clears on him, and he's, like, taking up, like, just the, barely the lower half. Yeah, and it just kind of, uh, it's, the camera keeps, like, going back and forth between showing Nauta, like, looking at Amarau, and then showing Haruko standing behind Nauta, and, like, every cut, it's almost like they're simulating the idea of, like, the, the lens getting... Like, what's... You know, you know film stuff. What am I thinking of? It's like the the shot from Jaws, or almost. Like, where it's yeah. like the... Uh, I forgot the exact, but they, like, zoom in the camera as they're, like, moving... They zoom out the camera as they're zooming in physically. Yeah. Um, and Amarau is giving now to this whole speech about how, listen, Haruko does not care about you. She's a manipulative, bad person. She is emotionally abusing you for her own ends, and you need to come over here with me away from the dangerous person. Uh, I, you're, you're, like, your heart's in the right place, but you don't understand what's going on, and you need to listen to me. Yeah. And he doesn't. And he goes to Haruko. Yeah. Who, like, doesn't say anything in this whole scene, because she knows full well what Naoto's gonna do. Yeah. Uh, and so she, like, hugs him. And tells him that, like, it's it's time for her to get what she wants, but she's going to need his help. And she bats him up into the air for the monster to eat so that, like, it can access Atomisk and, like, complete the hand. Yeah. And, like, as Nauta gets sucked into the monster, he gets, like, this vision of just giant irons held by giant hands, like smoothing out this infinite plane while Amarau talks about how like Medical Mechanica is this evil organization that's trying to like 
flatten out all thought throughout the galaxy. That kind of thing. Yeah. Which, you know, is is neat, and, like, it's not elaborated on that much, but it doesn't really need to be, because that's not what the show's about. It's just, you know, oh, no one, no one can think for themselves anymore. That yeah. Kinda, that kind of thing. And... Uh, Harha's like, oh, I don't care about that. I just want Adamus. Right, now that Nauta isn't here, she's free to just completely reveal that, yeah, no, I do not give a shit about anything. Everyone on this planet can die. I don't care. I just want the Pirate King. Yeah. And, like, the hand moves, and it's, like, all, like, the photocopy, like, rotoscope kind of thing. Yeah, it's cool looking. Yeah. And it, like, goes to grab the iron, but it stops, like, just barely short, because Conti has emerged from it and is holding it up. Yeah. Like, uh, fucking Asura. Yeah, and, like, Haruka's, um, wrist bracelet thing is, like, shaking like crazy. She's like, oh, it's finally here. But then... Like, a red glowing energy Nauta climbs out of Conti's face. Also very uh, Gurren Lagann. Yeah, it's it's very coolly animated. And he, like, the entire hand, like, gets, like, pushed up and destroyed. Yeah, and, like, he's got his flying V in one hand and Adamus's guitar in the other hand. Yeah. And Hargo completely flips her shit. Yes. And this is, we talked about this last time, I don't think she's in love with Adamisk. I think she just wants to, like, no, yeah. steal his power. I, I, like, I think this is the moment where she is, like, it's kind of revealed that, like, oh, this is not a love, like, she's not doing this for love, she's doing this for power. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, because even, like, Amarao's, like, visualization of Adamisk is a sexy naked man. Because in his mind, it's like, oh, he got dumped for Adamisk. But we're about to see, Adamisk is a giant bird monster. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's also going to what Haruka's character is, where she is just manipulating people and like in love for power. Right. Exactly. Which mm, maybe not the best trope for, you know. Yeah. I like, mean, listen, of this show, sins. <laughs> that's a minor one. And it would probably be better if there were like really great other female characters that. Right. Counter that. And, like, I think Nidamore and uh, Mamibi are good for when they're in, like, given the spotlight. Yeah, they just don't do enough in this back half. Yeah. Uh, but it looks like they're about to have, like, their final thing, and he combines both guitars into a, like, dual-headed... Right. But Amarau kind of notes that, like, he's only defending himself from Haruko's attacks and not fighting back at all. And so he's like, you need to fight back, you need to destroy her. Yeah, like, did you not see what just happened two seconds ago, kid? And he flies in with the guitars and, like, deliberately whiffs the swing and doesn't hurt her and says, I love you, and kisses her. Yeah. And then, with, like, a final burst of, like, adolescent sexual energy, Adamus emerges from his head and it's beautiful and cool-looking, its wings are waggling around everywhere... Like, yeah. the whole, like, buildings are being lifted into the air, and I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a, it's not the right resolution. No. <sighs> yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's just extremely disappointing, and not what you want from this series at this point. Yeah. And, because it doesn't go into what is actually, like, the major thing of it. Right. 
or what we perceived as the major thing of it. Yeah, which I I don't think we're off the mark. Like I don't think we're reading into it. You know? No. Like I, for at least the first four episodes, fifth, oh, no, the whole show, Haruko is a predator. Yeah, preying and- on a child. Then at the end here, it wants you to feel almost like, oh, the love that could have been. It it turns into, the resolution to that is not that Haruko is a bad person who needs to be, like, rejected and, like, you know, get her comeuppance. It's, oh, Naota has matured into an adult, so this can be an equal relationship instead of an unbalanced one. And that is, mm, mm-mm, mm-mm, yeah, no, 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 he, no, no. Because he is still 12. He's still 12, and, like, that's uh, that's not an okay way to end a story about, like, a woman yeah. sexually manipulating and emotionally abusing a child. No. Uh, you do see the other end of her... This is just, like, a small detail kind of thing. Yeah. You do see the other end of her handcuff on now on uh, the Pirate King Adamus's, uh nose. Yeah, it's got, so, it has, like, a nose piercing on its beak, yeah. And so that's why, like, whenever her thing would move it's because it's detecting the other half of it right and like presumably the that used to be like a handcuff that she had him cuffed with or something yeah yeah um it's cool because there's like debris flying everywhere and anything that like touches adamisk's head just like vanishes yeah and he sucks up the entire hand in his head and then just like flies off into space and the medical mechanic building just crashes to the ground and, like, the whole middle of the city is in ruins, and Haruko is just like, well, didn't catch him, because you kind of screwed me on that one. You want to come help me catch him again? Nah, you're a kid. I should stop hitting on you. I'm going to see you later. Yeah. And then he, like, picks up her guitar Yeah. that she left behind, and... And then Mimi kind of emerges from the rubble and sees Nauta standing on this pile of rubble with his guitar... And she snaps a picture of it, and that's the end of the scene. Yeah. And, like, the music kind of, like, dies down there. Like, it's still there, but it, like... Yeah. You can't hear it as much. And then we get, like, an epilogue that kind of recalls the beginning of the show, except that Nidamori... Or, not Nidamori, Mamimi is gone now. Yeah. Uh, She left town to become a photographer. Uh, At least she gets a kind of nice ending. She gets a nice ending, Yeah. He uh, never hears from her again, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Right. We see that Nauta and his friends have, like, graduated up to middle school. They're wearing, like, different uniforms. Nina Mori does the thing of picking the wrong drink for him from the vending machine. Because he does, like, carbonated stuff. Right. And she, like, says, like, oh, you're still a kid. Yeah. And then, like, it ends on, like, he's still got Conti living at his house, working as a maid. And, uh... You see, like, an open magazine on his bed where the picture she took, picture Mamimi took of him is, like, in the magazine. So, like, clearly she's having a successful life wherever she is. Yeah. And the last shot of the show is just a zoom in of Haruko's guitar and, like, one string on its strums. Yeah. <sighs> Man. Yeah, they botched it. They really fucking botched this. It was so promising. It's so good in that first half. Like, yeah. Honestly, I will say, this second half was about kind of what I was originally expecting from this show. And yeah. then re-watching the first three episodes got my hopes up that it was better than I remembered it being. Yes. 
and then it ends up being like way more disappointing than you remember being yeah it just doesn't yeah like i said like the latter half was my favorite part of this show right and it just doesn't work and it's yeah it's so funny that like we divide you know we divide this because it's half and half but how stark it feels yeah yeah and i mean obviously the first half had problems also like three does get into some of the stuff like we don't like with like the like the underwear jokes right but I still think that three is a very strong episode. Yeah, yeah. With like a character that I like to see and character interactions I like. Right. And like the character interactions just don't become the thing that you want from the show anymore. Yeah, they just like the sci-fi stuff starts getting more prominent. Which, as a kid, I remember liking a lot. They're like, ah, oh, finally, we've gotten to the plot of the show. But, like, it gets in the way of the character drama that I that hooked me in the first half this time. Yeah. And, like, the animation is better. Like, all the animation is, like, I mean, it's great throughout the show, but, like... Right. All but the you stuff- get the really crazy spectacles in these episodes. Just because yes. the stakes have raised. Yeah. And... Those are still great, but it's just that it hits less because, uh, like, you just don't care anymore. Yeah. To complete the the hat trick, it's like the end of every Marvel movie where there's just a giant, like, <laughs> CGI battle. I'm like, yeah, it looks cool, I guess, but, like, I don't well, care. Well, I'm like, I don't even think this is a Marvel movie problem because, like, it's not, like... I mean, like, it looks better than all the Marvel movies. Well, sure, 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 but visuals aside, just, like, they're trying to say things and, like, have thoughtful storytelling. It's not just look at the spectacle of it. It's just the things they're saying are bad and don't follow well from the first half and are, hmm, depending on how harsh you want to be, kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like, we had a lot of problems with, like, how, uh... Even going ended and how the way it treated some of its female characters. Yeah. And, but like, I feel like both prongs of the end of even, like, end of Evangelion and the end of the Evangelion TV show are so direct and pointed and feel like they want to say something that actually is, like, good and meaningful. Yeah. And mostly succeed on this. I feel like FLCL gets so confused in the weeds of what it wants to do. Right. And what it wants to say that it just comes off as so unsatisfying and so... Yeah. Like, shitty in its morals. Yeah, I'm I'm in my head trying to work through how I would fix the ending of it. Because uh, that's a useful thing to yeah. do with a show that's almost 20 years old. <laughs> I mean, like... I guess the main thing, like, you would do is, is just not have that, like, have now to realize that it was fucked up. I th- well, okay, so in my head, what I'm thinking, and this is maybe me projecting because I like Mamimi better than the other characters. I mean, yeah, same. But, like, have it be, now to takes over the, like, now to realizes it's fucked up, he takes the Pirate King power for himself and defeats Haruko. And she's, like, out of the picture for whatever reason. Um, 
and then but have like a final act to it where now he can't control that power and he's going like berserk and have the Mimi get a guitar out of her head. Yeah. And have to be like the one to like beat him and give then like give Mimi a keyblade. Give the Mimi a keyblade. Yes. Like have them fight, have that fight be like a big dramatic like literalization of their weird emotional conflict and like close the show out on that relationship because that's what it opened on. Yeah. Which they kind of do, but they don't Mimi I like everything Mimi does in this episode, but you don't there's a beat missing between her on her revenge quest and her taking that photo at the end. Yes. Like she needed one beat to like res- or maybe more to like resolve her character arc. Where instead they jump to the ending of it. There's like and that being in the middle, like the thing that really kills that is like she's not a character for all of that. Right. She's not like once the core like takes on its final form, she's not in the show again until the very ending. Yeah. She's just buried under rubble somewhere. And she doesn't have a line into, like for the rest of the show after it's like, oh, they're not on my revenge list. Yeah. And like instead of someone telling Nauta, oh, you're just a kid. Have him say he's just a kid. And, like, he's come to accept that, but, like... And, weirdly, that means he's more mature than he was at the start of the show. Yeah. And, like, obviously, like, yeah, like, they still want him to be a kid by the end of the show because he is. Right. And it would make more sense, like, of... Part of maturing is realizing when you're not mature enough. Yeah, because, like... I kind of was saying, like, is Mamimi really the protagonist of the show because she has... A character arc, and there's beats missing to it, but, like, what is now to learn from this experience? How does he change as a person? Like, he gets less moody, but, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's almost, like, something tragic to, like, him at the end. Or, like, still getting mad about, like, a drink. He's still getting mad about a drink. He's still saying, like, oh, nothing amazing ever happens in this town. Like, he seems like he has worked through... His abandonment issues with his brother. So that's something. Yeah. You know, but, like, Mamimi is the one that took, like, proactive action with fixing their weird fucked up dynamic. Like, everyone, instead of him figuring out all the, like, conflicts in his relationships, all the sources of those conflicts just walk out of his life. He doesn't have to, like, figure out what's going on with Mamimi or Haruko and him, because they both just leave. Yeah. And he's just like, well, all right. Guess I'm so, 15, or, you know, 13 now. Yeah, and, like, it's assu- it kind of assumes that he's going to do the same with Nina Mori, which is better because they're age-appropriate, but, like... Right, yeah. I still, like, don't feel like that will be a good relationship because, like you said, he didn't learn anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. Yeah, it's... I, hmm. I'm wondering if we're going to watch the fully, coolly, you know, alternative and progressive. Yeah. If what ends up happening is that the show was still pretty good, like it was around the same quality. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Are they going to like, because they, they came back to that after what, you know, 15 plus years. Are they going to double down on all the worst parts of this show? Or are they going to have learned something in the intervening time? Yes. Or, and... I was more saying, like, in how everyone reacted to that show. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's nowhere near as good as the original. Right. Um, uh, and I wonder if coming off of this and going, actually, the original show wasn't that good. It was like it had its moments of brilliance. Yeah. But like overall, it was this disappointing kind of mess. Right. I wonder if we'll watch that and go like the moments of brilliance are kind of lessened but it's yeah. still the same mess. Yeah. The like I said I've seen the first episode of both series. I might have seen two episodes of Progressive, I think is season 2. I don't remember. Um and the main thing I remember jumping out at me is that the animation quality was way lower. Yeah, which I, I, mean, I yeah, I understand. Yeah. Like, I remember, again, I, I'm assuming Progressive is, like, the second season that had, like, the girl with the cat headphones. I think that's right. I, remember, I like, thought the, that was the third. The one with the girl with the cat headphones, whichever that might be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember the opening, like, of the first episode of that one had really cool animation. And then the rest of it being kind of bleh. I also remember that one being extremely fucky. Yeah. I don't think the other one was fucky. So we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what we think of it. Did uh, did we have any questions about this? Uh, yeah. Yeah? I, I did tweet out not that long ago, the second half of FLC all fucking sucks, dudes. Yeah. Man, ugh. I'm trying to decide if I disagree with that or if my heart still just wants to, like, give it more credit than it deserves, you know? Yeah. It's definitely not as good as I want it to be. It's definitely... This first half is so much better. The first half is way better. And, like we kept saying, there are moments of brilliance in these third and the second half. That whole baseball sequence is just gorgeous to look at. Yes. Like, the Mimimi subplot for the last episode, yeah. for the majority of it, it's pretty good. It's good, it just doesn't, like, it's it's almost, like, too slowly paced, so there's not enough time to get it to where it needs to be. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from at uh, Kevin Quar, uh, how fucking sick is Anna Musk's base, uh, in quotations, or in parentheses, so sick. It's pretty sick. I liked it the least of all the guitars. Sure, I feel like that's kind of, like, I think the idea is that it's it's powers and it's simplicity, you know? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I'm flashy. I, I need flashy stuff, I guess. Sure. Uh, also, why can't uh, Kitsurubami have nice things? Great question. Can't answer. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, from at that fire princess, how do y'all feel about guitars as a metaphor for genitals? Weird. Like, yeah, weird. I, I, I get it, but sure. it's, the show uses it in weird ways. Yeah, the part where Amarau has a tiny little guitar is like, hmm. Mm, or mm. how everyone is freaking out at the size of his guitar. Yeah. Yeah, I feel less weird about the guitars being phallic symbols than I do about the way people act about it. Yeah. Just the... That scene of all the women in the command center just with blood-soaked faces is horrible. It's the fucking worst, and it's like it just presented as a quick joke. Yeah. Uh. 
from at Dormingo last question because the they also asked about a- AV Hell, which I don't know if you know. I don't. Yeah. Uh, if a lone Vespa scooter followed you home, would you keep it or let it uh, free to roam the town? Uh, you gotta set it free. Yeah. It'd be like a outside Vespa. Yeah, you enjoy its company while it's there, but it's gotta be allowed to roam. Yeah. Even though I know, like, outside cats are actually, like, bad. I've heard cats. that. Yeah, I mean, we have an outside cat. I don't know. Yeah. Like, our cat was an outside... Like, our cat was a stray that just kind of wandered into our house one day without asking us first. Just the door happened to be open. It's like, well, I'm gonna come in here and eat some food, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. And I don't know, it kind of feels weird, like... Like, it it freaks out if we try to keep it inside at all. It came from the outside, and like, I don't know. It, let yeah. It I'm sure I'm gonna get yelled at by somebody. Yeah. I also had outside uh, cats when I was growing up. Yeah. Are we about? I think we. I think we did it, right? Yeah. I think we're yeah. done. All right. Uh, uh, where can people find you if they want to? Yell, yell at you about, at me about my, about my about cat your cats. Habits? It also, uh, I, I was wondering when I was like when I was watching this, like I wonder if people will get mad about at us with, about FLCL. I okay, who knows? My suspicion will be that most people listening to this also haven't watched this show in fifteen years and be like, "Oh man, really? Shit!" The same way we kind of yeah. were. I mean, listen, go rewatch it yourself if you disagree. I I stand by what we said. Yeah, that it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. Uh, you can find other podcasts I do on AudioEntropy.com, such as Teenagers of Attitude, Let's Place, uh, MCU Complete Me. Uh, that, that's about it. What about you, Ashley? Uh, you can find me at Your Librarian with an underscore on Twitter and a dash on Tumblr. Uh, you can also find uh, all the other podcasts I do at AudioEntropy and at HyenaCackle.com. And you can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash Ashley Lee Minor. Yeah, give give Ashley some money. Uh, but, yeah, that's it for the first season of FLC. I guess we'll see what happens with the second season. Yeah. Which, we'll have to look up which one that is. I'm going to look it up right now so we, that we know. Yeah. FLCL season two, or FLCL, here we go. Uh, bu- 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 release. No, that's just the ori- No, just give me alternative and progressive, you jerks. <laughs> Alright. Uh, okay, progressive is first. Okay. Uh, let me look up what the plot synopsis of that one is. FLCL progressive is a show about many years have passed since Nauta and Haruko shared their adventure together. Meanwhile, the war between the two entities known as Medical Mechanica and Fraternity continues to rage across the galaxy. Enter Hidomi, a young teenage girl who believes there's nothing amazing to expect from her average life, until one day when she's run over by a strange woman named Julia Jinyu. Shortly after, a new teacher named Haruko arrives at her school. Okay, yes, yeah, so this is the one with the cat girl headphones. Yeah, and then the second one is about... Uh a 17-year-old girl called Kana. Yeah. Who, uh, like, Haruko falls from the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right, well, hopefully that'll be better.
Yeah. Alright. Well, I guess... Until next time. <laughs> you gotta pod the cast. You, you just gotta pod the cast. Listen, Luke, you gotta pod that cast. You've got to. <laughs> <laughs>